46. If you um, were to threaten somebody, uh, maybe millions of people, maybe trillions of people, um, okay, that's stretching a little bit too far, but if you were, to, if you were going to um, threaten a large body of people on Twitter, would you expect some punishment? And if so, should Twitter ban Donald Trump for his nuclear threats? Um, we're going to address that in science and technology this morning. Also, a kilometre-wide asteroid smashing into Southeast Asia 800,000 years ago, but uh, that's a relative blink. Uh, Mark Sastro, science journalist, is back with us this week for another edition of Science and Technology. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. Um, we're going to begin, though, with last week a, a major computer manufacturer confirmation that nearly every modern computer chip has a serious security flaw that could be used to steal sensitive information, including passwords. And worse, there's no way to fix at least all of it. That's right. These are two related bugs known as Meltdown and Spectre, and they were discovered independently by teams of researchers in academia and at Google. Uh, now, they, they found out about these exploits as far back as a year ago, and they since shared them privately with chip companies like Intel, AMD, and ARM, and also companies like Apple and Microsoft so that they could roll out software fixes in their operating systems. But this was only disclosed publicly last week. Now, what makes these hacks so potentially harmful is that not everything can be solved in the software. Fundamentally, this is a flaw in the hardware, in the architecture and the design of every modern processor. At least one of these bugs, Spectre, is essentially unfixable. You'd actually have to replace the entire chip. Uh, it's you know it's really pretty stunning uh, that something of this magnitude exists. It's arguably the biggest flaw in computing since the Y2K bug. Uh, and the researchers themselves said that when they started to look into this, they really didn't try too hard at first because they couldn't believe that the chip companies w- would have left such a huge hole. Indeed. It's already making me concerned, and I don't fully understand it yet. Uh, what exactly are these flaws? So there are differences between Meltdown and Spectre. They both exploit a variety of avenues into sensitive data. Uh, But the basic thing that they're all taking advantage of is something called speculative execution. That's where processors repeat actions that they haven't been asked explicitly to do by their software. Now, this is something that all modern processors do because it speeds up the programs. Programs are loops of code. So most of the time, if you keep that loop running, that's a good thing. Uh, And it moves that data into the cache, right? So it can be uh, accessed more quickly. And if it turns you, out that do you the program, because I've always read that as like cache, but you should, should say cache, should you? In a computing context, yes. I th- That's usually how, 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 so it, how it's said. Many of us who are not tech minded will have seen that word C A C H E, and now you know how to say it if you yeah, like no me. accent over it. Um, so if it turns out you know, that the program doesn't need that bit of data, um, it, it'll throw that result out. But a piece of malware that uses Meltdown or Spectre might be able to read that data in the cache by these speculative actions. The the malware can't read it directly, but it can figure out what's in the cache by asking the CPU about the data. And then it knows that it's there because it's, it's quicker to return because it's faster to access the data in the cache. Hearing my new word many times there. Um, but seriously, what's the risk here? Well, like, is there anything we can do to protect ourselves, first of all? 
Well, the best thing that you can do is install all the security updates to your operating systems. Um, I just got an update on my iPhone today for an update that mitigates Spectre. So companies are rolling this out, and they, they think that they can basically fix Meltdown. And although they can't fix Spectre entirely, that one is harder for hackers to use anyway. So they think they can make it significantly harder. Um, so some manufacturers say that if you do install these updates, your risk is going to be near zero. But having said that, what is still out of your control is that hackers could target cloud servers where you know all of our data is being stored. So only time will tell whether these uh, mitigation updates are going to be able to keep hackers at bay when it comes to Spectre. And the other problem for cloud servers is that these fixes eliminate that speculative action, which slows them down. Uh, so we're already seeing some online games being affected by outages because the Spectre fixes are slowing down their servers. So this is a major headache for the cloud industry. Sounds that way. Uh- But are we safe in numbers at all? Do you have to be targeted specifically by hackers or or can they just randomly find you and and take your data? Right, yeah, some sort of law of large numbers. The odds of any individual person, of course, uh, being targeted are relatively low. But, you know, then again, we do live in this era where pretty much all of us have sensitive data in cloud servers. So the risk uh, is still there. And of course, there are exploits that, that do target individuals as well. So you're of better course, off yeah. being you know, better safe than sorry. Right. So we should look out for updates. Uh, how do we physically do that, by the way? Uh, if you get a notification, either in your OS or on your phone, that says there's a security update you just uh, available, go just yep, go ahead and go ahead and, and install it. Thanks for clarification. Now, moving on to another big story in the tech industry that's been brewing uh, and is now really coming to the fore. Should Twitter ban Trump for issuing threats of nuclear war? The debate has actually drawn protesters to Twitter's headquarters. That's right. Protesters rallied outside Twitter's offices on Wednesday uh, to criticize the company for allowing Donald Trump to tweet. They say that his threats of nuclear war and uh, tweeting and retweeting content targeting minority groups violates the company's own policies on policing harassment and threats of violence. The, The company's rules say you may not make specific threats of violence or wish for the serious physical harm, death or disease of an individual or group of people. So on Wednesday night, protesters projected a message onto Twitter's building saying uh, at Jack is hashtag complicit, uh, which refers to the company's CEO, Jack Dorsey. Now, in a statement, the protesters, a group called Resistance SF, said that the company is endangering the world by letting Trump keep his account, but Twitter was unmoved, saying that his tweets don't violate its harassment policy. So it's a lot of storm around this story because of who the man at the center of it is, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to move forward. But it is pressure building on tech firms to be more accountable for what happens on their platforms. That's absolutely right. And users have been pressuring Twitter in particular for a long time uh, to better enforce its harassment policies and rid the platform of abuse and threats that are often directed towards women, people of color, other marginalized groups. Now, the company hasn't helped itself in this current Trump debate by shifting its justification for why Trump is allowed to remain on the platform. Its current explanation is that Trump is a world leader and that banning him would hamper discussion around his words and actions. But it does show the increasing pressure that these firms are under. And finally, turning to apocalyptic explosions of the natural variety. You don't necessarily need a a nuclear button 
For this threat, new research suggests 800,000 years ago, a kilometre-sized asteroid smashed into Southeast Asia. And, you know, in a, with, with a scientific approach to this, that something of that nature could just as easily have happened a blink later in geological that's right. Time. I don't know what the, the right description of that is, Mark. Maybe you can clarify for us. But basically, we're under threat. Well, you're you're absolutely right. It is a 800,000 years. That's a blink of an eye in geological terms. And it's so recent that our own human ancestors uh, would have seen this event. So it's the, the youngest event of this size that we know of. Now, by cosmic standards, this still is not quite at the level of, say, the impact that killed the dinosaurs. You know, this asteroid we're talking about is one kilometer across. Uh, the one they called the dinosaurs was 10 to 15 kilometers in diameter. But still, this would not have been any joke. It would have scattered debris for thousands of kilometers. Uh, and we have seen that. We see chunks of debris that are strewn all across Southeast Asia and Australia. These are rocks called tektites that are formed in the tremendous pressures and temperatures of an impact. Now, in a recent study in the journal Geology, scientists have found a signature in some rocks in Thailand that helps them narrow down the impact site to basically somewhere around there, or at least in Central Southeast Asia. But the funny thing is, scientists have never actually found the impact crater there. They don't know of one that would match that size and that young age, and it should be visible uh, because it shouldn't have had very much time to erode. So, you know, maybe in the future we'll find that, we'll hear that someone has found it, you know, maybe, maybe on Google Earth or something. I'd like to listen to a sort of podcast murder mystery style search for the missing hole. It's <laughs> a huge hole somewhere, maybe so big that uh, we can't see it. That's right. Um, at least Might with be the right naked eye. Feet. Yeah, there we go. Mark Zastro, science journalist. Good to have you here with us. Great to be here. Thanks, and Alex. Um, thank you. That's our show for today.